Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds, All you thirsty ones, come to me. Where are the thirsty ones this morning? All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive. But the Holy Spirit had not been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in his full splendor. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said to his disciples, Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one place just like we are this morning. And suddenly, a noise like a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And tongues that looked like fire appeared to them, distributing themselves, and a tongue rested on each one of them. Hallelujah. Rest on us this morning, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Come and rest on need a fresh outpouring. We need a fresh and filling this morning. How oh, we're thirsty, Lord. All the thirsty ones, lift your hands. Holy Spirit, how oh, we need you, Holy Spirit. You are welcome, welcome, welcome. We need you to come. This place. We want you to come. We well. need you to we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We welcome you. We need you to come. You welcome. Dwell among us, Holy Spirit. You are welcome.
we worship you this morning. God, as we continue to enter into worship this morning, God, Lord, that you would just, just come and rest upon us this morning, Jesus. God, we pray that any distraction that we brought into this place this morning, God, that we would lay it down at your feet, God. God, we pray right now, Jesus, Lord, that as you are moving in this place, God, as you are working in our midst, God, we pray that you would just, just reach out. God, touch us in a new way. God, send your fire like we've never seen before, Jesus. God, we pray these things right now in your name. We love you, God. We worship you, Jesus.
satisfying Only you satisfy me Nothing else will do, nothing else will do We only want you So come and have your way here Oh, we love your presence Oh, we love your presence Come on, just lift up worship right where you're at today Oh, we love your presence You're the only one who satisfies me Oh, we love your presence, we love your presence. Oh, we love your presence. And our hearts are crying out. Lord, we need you now, because we are thirsty. Oh, we are thirsty. Your Holy Spirit, fill us now. We'll pour your glory out. Because we want the fullness. Oh, we want the fullness. You are the well that never runs dry. You're always satisfied. You are the living water. You are the living water. Oh, we worship you, we worship you, in spirit and truth. We want more of you. You are the living water. You are the living water. And only you satisfy. Sing our hearts are crying out. Why? Crying out, oh Lord, we need you now, cause we are thirsty, we are thirsty, Holy Spirit, fill us now, pour your glory out, cause we want the fullness, oh we want, we want the fullness you are, cause you are the well that never runs dry. You always satisfy. You are the living water. You are the living water. We worship you, the spirit and truth. And we want more of you. You are the living water. You are the living water. You're never gonna leave me thirsty. You're never gonna leave me 
to be released over this place. God, I pray healing from trauma and the emotions in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that ligaments, tendons, bones, muscles are recreated in their bodies right now in Jesus' name. That spirit, you would breathe life into their mortal bodies. 
just as you breathed life and raised Jesus from the dead. Father, we thank you that demons go right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, get off in the name of Jesus. Break yourself free this morning. Father, we thank you for freedom. For who the sun sets free is free indeed. Thank you that shackles are broken of addiction in Jesus' name. Sexual immorality is broken in Jesus' name. Disease is broken in Jesus' name. Gossip and slander and rebellion are broken in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that this is a body that moves with one unit, one movement in Jesus' name. Let's worship him one more time. We'll be one more exalted, time. To be exalted now in the heavens as your glory fills this place. You alone deserve our praise. You're the name above all names. We'll be exalted now. You're exalted, Jesus. As your glory fills this place. You alone deserve our praise. Let every valley be raised up. Let every mountain be brought low in Jesus' name. Let there be a highway for the Lord in this place. Come, Jesus, come. Come, Holy Spirit, we want you. We desire you. You are the desire of the nations, God. You Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. Just begin to declare your love for him and praise him. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We praise you in this place, God. I thank you. I just want to share something real quick. The other day, uh, Kendall and I got to spend some time um, with these great people, and we were asking them about how this thing all started. And uh, one thing that they told us was that there was just a really amazing move of God. It, they didn't call it charismatic. They didn't call it, oh, it was like Brownsville, because that, that didn't even happen yet. But people would be laughing in the Holy Ghost, but when they would baptize people, they would come out of the water praying in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. And I believe that that's going to happen again. I believe that that's going to happen again and that you're going to even see it under the new leadership of this church. So, Father, I thank you for that. Can't wait to see it with my own eyes. Amen. Can we lift up a shout of praise to the Father this morning? God, thank you for hearing and answering prayer. Thank you for moving by your spirit. Thank you for the prophetic word that's in this house today, for your anointing that's here to break every yoke and set the captive free. God, we thank you that in this atmosphere today, bodies have indeed been healed. Depression has lifted. Demons have left the house. Those who are grieving have been comforted. We give you all the praise. Because when we exalt Jesus, a wonderful thing happens. Is that right, church? Are you really grateful? Are you really thankful? Let's give him a shout of thanksgiving right now. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And you may be seated in his presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. You received that word today. That fresh baptism anointing is coming in this house. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give him one more praise for this morning. Let's just thank him for being here with us this morning. We praise you, God, and we thank you for your presence, your tangible presence. Thank you, Father God. How many of you are thankful for a church where we allow the Holy Spirit to work? Amen. Where we allow him to have his way. You know, we have an order of service, but you know what? If he moves in, that goes out. So I am just thankful for a place where we can come and worship, and the Holy Spirit can feel at home. We're the temple. He should feel at home with us everywhere we go, right? Amen. Amen. Well, we just want to say a big, big welcome to all of you. We're so glad to see you here at Northview Harvest Ministry, all our faith family that is so faithful to be here. But we also want to say, first of all, a big thank you to our online congregation. Let's thank them for joining us this morning. Yes. You're not just watching us online, you're part of us. So we thank you for being here this morning. I also want to say a big welcome to any first-time attenders. So if this is your first time today, we are so glad that you're here. If you'll look at your bulletin on the very back, there is a first-time here um, form. If you will tear that off, it just tears off really easily off your bulletin. If you will fill that out and take it when you go out today of the sanctuary to the right, there's a welcome center. We have a welcome team that will be there to talk to you and to take this card and give you a gift bag. We want to bless you with some information about the ministry and give you a gift. So we hope that you will um, take advantage of that. If, you're, if someone's here with you visiting today, Faith Family, take them back there and let them take advantage of that gift, okay? We're so glad you're here. Please make sure that you read your bulletin, Faith Family. There's so many good things going on in here, and we do not want you to miss it. Uh, today, just a reminder, we are doing Be the Church. Up until um, Christmas Hope, we will be meeting at the um, Restoring Hope Center warehouse to wrap gifts and do all kinds of fun things. Y'all, it's so much fun, and it's so much good fellowship, too. So from 4 to 7, and of course, if you're in the Christmas um, musical drama, you'll be here at 6 for practice. But you can come for a little bit before then and help us out. We have a great time, and I know Pastor Faye and all her team would appreciate that so much. Also, we have a Parents' Night Out coming up hosted by Northview Student Ministries, and so you can sign up for that at the Welcome Center, and that is, um, will be a great time for you to go have a date night, go shopping, have some quiet. They'll watch your kids for a, a donation, and um, that money will be going toward their accelerant trip. So if you're interested in taking advantage of that, please do so. Now, who is excited to give this morning? few of you that is that was really weak who's excited to give this morning yes amen so if you need a tithing envelope our ushers are making their way forward if you'll raise your hand they will give you one of those we do want to say thank you so much for giving many of you give online we have many ways to give as you can see up on the screens and we just thank you so much you make everything that we do here possible at Northview Harvest Ministries and we believe here that this is good ground to sow into do you believe that do y'all believe that? Yes, yes. Um, I did want to just give you, um, ushers, y'all can come forward when you're ready. Um, years ago, you know, my dad has always taught on the word, the spoken word and the power of the tongue. 
Those of you that have been that, you know you have heard it. And um, I remember when uh, the church was going through some tight times and and the Lord told him to start saying, there is no lack in this house. Do y'all remember that? And he started saying, there is no lack in this house. There is no lack. And there was no lack. And then the Lord said, now start speaking, there is abundance in this house. And so he started speaking, there is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. And abundance came. Now I'm going to tell you something, child of God. If you're a faithful giver... If you give your tithe and your offer, you can speak that over yourself. You can speak it over your home where you are. You can speak it over yourself, over your family. You can speak it over your pocketbook, over your bank account. So let's say it together. Let's say it together three times. There is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. In the name of Jesus and according to his whole, whole yes, that, that's right. <laughs> I forgot the last part. Y'all know it, though. That's awesome. They've been listening, Daddy. They knew it. I messed up, but they kept going. So we're going to ask you to stand. And um, if you're prepared to give in-house today, we're going to ask you to come forward and give. Thank you so much for all that you do.
not release me to do that today. <laughs> All you got to do is just scroll through social media a little bit. There's enough said there. I want to say this again. I've got an assignment that is heavy on my heart. And I am going to release to you something that the Lord began to release in me Tuesday morning. Uh, it's in my journal over there. I got up Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning was the 22nd day of the month. So automatically, as you've heard me mention before, usually my quiet time with the Lord, if it's the 22nd day of the month, I will read Psalms 22 or Proverbs 22. That's kind of my launching pad for the day. There are other things I may read, other sections of the scripture, other devotional readings, whatnot. But that's normally how that's my launching pad, either in the Psalms and or the Proverbs and if I don't read Psalms 22, I'll read Psalm 44, but it'll be some derivative of something of Psalm 22's in the mix somewhere. And so when I got up, because, you know, if you do that for enough years, you don't even need to turn to Psalms 22 to know what it is. It is David's prophetic psalm of the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. The prophetic psalm that David wrote 1,000 years before Jesus was even born. And in that Psalm, David goes into very graphic detail of what Jesus would be experiencing going to and upon the cross when he was beaten, tortured, and nailed there. And in my journal, as I was just spending that time with the Lord and I was writing some scriptures out in my journal, then I, I sensed the Lord just lead me over to the book of Hebrews that we have this great cloud of witnesses, the saints that have gone on before that are cheering us on. And then in Hebrews chapter 12, I believe it's verse two, that, that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross despising its shame. So when I was reading Psalms 22, when he says things like his bones are dislocated, his joints are dislocated, his bones weren't broken, but they were dislocated. When you read things in the Psalms 22, when he talks about how he's dehydrated, when he talks about people that, that, that the, the crowd is so raging mad, so full of demonic hate and rage that they are literally biting him as he's going through the masses and the crowds. And when you see all of that and you work your way through that, then you see in Hebrews when it says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured everything in Psalms 22. And if you stop and think about what was the joy that was set before him, but the fact of those that he would redeem through his life and his blood and his resurrection. His joy was to look out on days like today and see us gathered around in a place of worship and lifting our hearts to him. That was his motivation to endure because at any second, folks, he could have said, that's it. And God would have unleashed a garrison of angels that could have wiped out the entire earth. But not Jesus. He would not do that. He was committed to the Father's plan to save whoever would call 
upon his name. So then after I was reading in Psalms 22 and then I went to Hebrews 12, then I felt the Holy Spirit lead me to, over to Isaiah 53. In Isaiah 53. And we'll get there in just a minute. A am I up on, on there, Miss Renee? We're good? All right, so uh, let's see. Let, let me get there. Uh-huh. Well, that's not what I want to do. Give me just one second. Well, I'm not connected for some reason. Tell you what. Pull me on up to that uh, Isaiah 53 verses 1 and 2 that's on there. Thank you, ma'am. <clears throat> so when I got over to Isaiah 53, now Isaiah, remember I told you Psalms 22 was written a thousand years before Jesus was born. Does anybody know why I felt the Holy Spirit lead me to Isaiah 53? Anybody have any idea? If the theme of the day is the crucifixion of Jesus, then Isaiah 53 is Isaiah's prophecies concerning the crucified Savior. The redemption, the price, the cross, the transaction. So in Isaiah 53, how many of you have ever, honest to goodness, how many of you have ever read something in the Bible and you may have read that passage a gazillion times and then you read it one time extra and all of a sudden something just kind of jumps out and grabs you around the throat and says, look at me. Anybody ever done that? So I had that happen. I've read Isaiah 53, folks, probably hundreds and hundreds of times. I've probably written it out longhand in a journal or a notebook more than some of y'all have even read it. But the other day, when I was reading this scripture, look what it says. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness and when we see him, he's talking about Jesus, 650 years before Jesus is born, he's prophesying this stuff from a vision that he has seen. He says, when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now I've read that, like I said, hundreds of times, but the other day when I read this, the thing that jumped out of me, out to me was this is a root out of dry ground. And I've read that and I pondered on it, but not like I did the other day. So when God started that in me in two, on Tuesday for the next four days and 11 pages of notes later, the download finally ceased. Now, I'm not gonna give you all 11 pages of the download today, but I do need to talk to you for just a moment about this thing. If you will pull up, Miss Renee, my slide there on uh, with the root, the dry ground root, if that's available up there, please, ma'am. This is what I want to talk with you about today. And if you're gonna uh, promote this on social media, if you're gonna share the, this, the video, from us from here at Northview, then what I want you to do is I want you to use the hashtag roots, roots. Notice when we first started out in Isaiah 53, it says, who has believed our report? Look at your neighbor, ask them, who's believed the report of the Lord? Who? Because see folks, here's the thing. It's one thing to hear. It's another thing to believe. 
Everybody who hears the report of the Lord does not believe the report of the Lord. Okay, I'm gonna say that one more time. Everybody who hears the word of God does not necessarily believe the word of God. If everybody who heard the word of God in every church across the United States on Sunday, if they really believed the word of God, then I'm gonna tell you what, this country would not be where it's at today morally or in any other capacity. But not only did he say who will believe our report, but then he goes on to say, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He started out, he started out asking who has believed it? That's hearing it. But then he says, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And, and this is a way of the prophet saying, have you seen God's almighty hand at work? So it's not just about hearing, but it's about seeing as well. Look at somebody and tell them, God just don't want you to hear of him. He wants you to see from him. Yeah, I'm gonna, let me help you with that one more time. God just doesn't want you to hear from him. He wants you to see him. That's where we've lost a whole lot here in this culture, in this generation here in America. Too many folk been talking about God, but not too many people have been demonstrating God. I'm gonna go there because I need to talk to you about these roots that are coming out of dry ground. In fact, this is what I'm calling this today, dry ground roots. Somebody say that with me, dry ground roots. Say it one more time, dry ground roots. Now here's what gets me, if any of y'all have been out, uh, know anything about agriculture, know anything about farming or gardening, you know that a root is not gonna live in soil like this right here. In fact, it goes against nature. Can I get a witness today? So dry ground refers to lowly conditions. It refers to struggle. It, a root in a dry, parched ground must struggle to preserve life. The prophecy that the prophet is talking about in Isaiah 53 here was originally written about Jesus, but God is about to do this again. And this is why the Lord highlighted this to me. God is about to do this again. Would you help me and say this? Say, God, do it again. But here's the thing. When God gave this prophecy about the coming of Jesus, when the Lord spoke to me and began to speak to me on Tuesday, and he began to say he's going to do this again in the midst of a dry soil, in the midst of a parched sun-baked, sin-baked culture, he's about to cause a root, or roots plural, to come alive. And as much as it was for Jesus to come when he came, this root is gonna be an army that God is raising up in the earth to prepare for the return of the Lord. A root out of dry ground is a conflicting phrase. Normally, nothing will grow in dry ground, but God in his sovereignty and omnipotence has no problem taking normal scenarios like something's supposed to die in dry ground and he can produce abnormal results. In other words, he can take 
take something where nothing is supposed to live, nothing is supposed to strive or, or survive, and nothing is supposed to thrive, and God can turn it around and he can bring something dynamic that will shake the earth out of it. As it was with his son. Well, let me back up a little bit here. Let me back up a little here. God does not need, look at this now, God does not need a perfect panorama or a conducive culture or an inviting environment to birth something that can reshape history. All right, let me read that one more time and explain it. God does not need a perfect panorama or a conducive culture or an inviting environment to birth something that can reshape history. In the book of Exodus, when you get over to chapter one, two, and three, there's a baby born named Moses who God is determined he's gonna reshape world history through this baby. But there's a problem with it. There's a man named Pharaoh who is the king over the most powerful nation of the world in the nation, in the land where that baby is born, and that Pharaoh has put out a decree and an edict that the baby Hebrew boys are supposed to be put to death. But God is determined he's raising up a deliverer. And so can I tell you today, it doesn't matter what comes out of the king's house. It doesn't matter what comes out of the White House. If God has determined he's gonna birth something in the earth and he's gonna raise up men and women, boys and girls, and they're gonna be roots coming out of dry ground to reshape history and he sure enough can do it and he doesn't need help getting it done. Somebody give him a praise. Let's hit the time machine and bounce back to about 2,000 years ago. There's a baby born in Bethlehem. Come on, somebody. And when that baby gets up to about two years old, year to two years old, his name is Jesus. And there again, you got another political figure that says, we don't want these baby deliverers to be raised up in our society. So old Herod, what in his name, he puts out that decree and that edict, just like back in Pharaoh's day, kill all the babies two years old and under because we're going to snuff the life out of this move of God. But baby, I'm going to tell you right now, if God has determined it's coming in the earth, I don't care what the earth says, I don't care how difficult it is, God will bring it to pass. Somebody shout, God will bring it to pass. So when God says something about these dry ground roots, it's not supposed to work that way, God. Well, let me tell you something. God's not, play, God's not picking the lavish lifestyle of the rich and the famous to raise up deliverers. I better, mm. I'm just gonna tell you the way the Lord told me, all right? As it was with the son, with his son, the Christ, God can cause a person or movement to spring forth in the midst of the most dire situations. Romans chapter four, verse 17, in, in that scripture, it says that he speaks to things before they are. I'm gonna say that again. He speaks to things before they are. Can I tell you today, he still speaks to things and he makes something where there was nothing. In fact, Romans 4, 17, in the New uh, English translation, it says this, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations because he is referencing Abraham. He is our father in the presence of God whom he believed. Listen now, that God, 
the one who makes the dead alive and summons the things that do not exist as though they already do. Can I talk to somebody today that you understand that God can speak into dry ground, parched ground, blazed ground, hard ground, and God can make something come alive where something shouldn't live. I wonder if I got any folk in here that you have not given up on America yet. I wonder if I got any folk in here today that said, Pastor Tim, you know what? I'm gonna be a part of a remnant that's gonna believe God to do something in this nation. I'm gonna believe that God can do something from nothing. Listen, folks, God has much experience in, the part, in, the, in that department of doing something from nothing. Does anybody remember these familiar words in Genesis chapter one where there was nothing, the earth was without form and without void and there was nothing upon the face of the deep and all of a sudden God started saying words like this, let there be. And whatever God said, there was. He didn't have a source. He didn't have chemicals to mix together. Come on, somebody. He didn't have dirt to rub together at that time. You see, the very thing is this. We understand this by Hebrews 11.3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Somebody shout the word of God. Can I tell you, he has not changed. Come on, somebody. His word is still true. Psalm 1989 says forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. We understand by faith that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Listen now, hear me. We live in an antichrist-driven culture. If you have confused yourself into thinking that this is still a Christian nation, you better wake up. We live in an anti-Christ culture. If that offends you, you're gonna have to get over it. And the sooner you can get over it, you can become part of the remedy, part of the solution, and quit being part of the problem. We live in an antichrist culture, 2022. America is dry soil. It's scorched earth. It's parched ground. It is sin baked. Come on, somebody. The spiritual environment is barren. And this place, this realm, this culture is superfluous with spiritual famine. The US has seen church ministry devolve into a profession complete with performance and a show. I'm just telling you what the Lord said. Great talent is not anointing. We got preachers on their third, fourth, fifth, sixth affair can get up and preach the paint off a wall and make people run around and act a fool up in the house of God because they got a gift, because they've got a talent, but they don't have any anointing. But where you've got an immature generation, an immature culture, 
that's used to living inside of an antichrist thriving environment, they don't understand the difference. Because they get a goose bump, they think that's anointed. Because they can quote scripture, they think that's anointed. Baby, the devil can quote scripture. Great talent is not anointing. Talent can move the soul, but only anointing, the power of God, can move the spirit realm. Anointing comes through holy living. Anointing comes from walking with the anointed one. Anointing breaks the yokes of bondage. Anointing tears down strongholds in people's lives and in cities and in regions. Anointing sets devils afright and sets them to flight. Well, I'm gonna have to preach this thing, I guess, because in Luke chapter four, verse 33, talking about Jesus, it says, now in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of unclean, of an unclean demon, and when he saw Jesus, he cried out with a loud voice. Man, I'm gonna tell you what, so many churches in America got so quiet, the Christians don't make noise, and because they don't make no noise, there's no anointing there to make the devil make any noise. He's right at home. I don't know about anybody else in this room today, but I'm hungry for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm hungry for the power of God. I don't wanna just go through the motions. Come on, somebody. I wanna see that power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. I wanna walk in this room and demon-possessed people start crying out because that demon is in such agony because of the power of God upon my life. Come on, somebody. I wanna see strongholds broken over this city. The last two nights in the uh, neighborhood behind Walmart, there have been somebody trying to break in cars and when confronted by the homeowners, that person has uh, released as many as 14 shots into that person's house and the neighbor's house. Boy, I hope they stay away from my house because I got something got more than 14 rounds at my house. And I ain't gonna kill nobody, but I'm gonna put the fear of the living God all up and down one side and down the other. But at the same time, more than I got confidence in a piece of lead coming out of a rifle, I want us to have such an anointing on our lives, folks, and that when we come together, that there's such an overflow. Come on, somebody. The psalmist said, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. I want to see a body of Christians walking in such an anointing that the overflow coming off of us impacts this entire region around us. I ain't getting no help in here. You see, we can't see in the realm of the spirit. We can only see in the natural. But in the realm of the spirit, the Bible Bible says the anointing is a smearing. It's a smearing of oil. Man, I want to get so close to Jesus that if you had a pair of spiritual x-ray goggles you could put on, when I put one foot down and pick it up, there'd be a sloshy little anointing oil mud hole sitting right there. I want to be so much. Somebody shout anoint me fresh, God. And see, here's one of the problems in churchianity. Yeah, I didn't, mis I didn't mistakenly say that. Churchianity, not Christianity. Churchianity is a vast difference between the two. Christianity is pure, organic 
Christianity from the Bible. Churchianity is when man took that pure organic Christianity and began to add his stuff into it. Kind of like gluten. Has anybody ever thought it wild that 20, 30 years ago you didn't hear about, hear about people have gluten issues? It wasn't until men started modifying, genetically modifying wheat that we had gluten. I ain't getting no help. Then you better help me just a minute because as soon as man starts trying to spiritually modify what God wants done, what we end up a generation later is diseased and messed up and does not do what God wanted to do. I'm looking for the anointing to fall on some dry ground roots. Anointing produces miracles. Anointing establishes dimensions of the kingdom of God in cities and regions. Where there is no people, where there, excuse me, where there is no anointing, people will settle for talent. Listen, and doctrine. They'll settle for talent because talent stirs them deep inside and they confuse that with being a spiritual thing. Your soul ain't got nothing to do with your spirit, man. See, you can have a goosebump in here. You can have a goosebump. You can have been moved on this whole time during worship. But let me tell you something. Until you proceed to get past the goosebump and you make a sovereign step toward the sovereign God and you are ready to surrender, I'm going to tell you what, you can walk out that door and as soon as your goosebumps are gone, you are still the same person. You're still honoring. You're still frustrated. You're still mad. You're still cussing. You're still running around. I ain't getting no help up in here. But let me tell you something. As soon as you come up to one of these sides, of this altar right here and you come up and you say Jesus here I am I'm a sinner in need of a savior I surrender I give up Lord come and forgive me of my sin and make me to be the new creature that the Bible says you want me to be can I tell you something then you can't walk out that door as the same person because what he will do in you in a moment at this altar if any man be in Christ he is a new creature Behold, all things have passed away. Where there is no anointing, people settle for talent and doctrine. Talent to stir up inside, to stir us up inside, and doctrine to explain why we don't see the supernatural anymore. So we come up with things like cessationalism. What is that? That's that's where a majority of Christians who don't, do not believe in the actions and the person of the Holy Spirit, they say he has ceased to do what he did in the New Testament. So when the last apostle died, John, the longest lasting apostle, when he died, the Holy Spirit stopped. And, and God did, the Holy Spirit did what he did in the book of Acts because he, they needed that to get the new fledgling church off the ground. Well, let me tell you something, folks. If you put 2022 right beside the book of Acts, if you can tell me they needed the Holy Ghost more in the book of Acts than we do in 2022, I will kiss your foot. But I'm gonna tell you right now, if you put them side by side, Pastor Carlos, you're gonna tell them, we'll have to be honestly and honest and transparent to say, you know what? Yes, they needed him in the book of Acts, but boy, we sure need the Holy Ghost today. We need the Holy Ghost today. We need the Holy Ghost today. In fact, you can't be a dry ground root. You can't thrive 
where there is no sustenance of life without the presence, the person, and the action of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about anybody else, but let me tell you something. I believe today I am a Pentecostal born, bred, raised child, and I'm gonna tell you right now, I believe the anointing comes from the Holy Spirit. I believe he is still the anointed one, and I believe he's still looking for people that he can move on. Come on, somebody. So when we sing songs like come rest on us, I believe it makes the triune member of the Godhead known as the Holy Spirit, I believe it makes him excited because that's exactly what he wants to do. He wants to come rest on us. He doesn't want to come by and give you a little dab of do you. He doesn't want to visit you every once in a while. Come on somebody, somebody shout he wants to rest on us. I'm about halfway down page one. Now I have typed this up. So if you want to go, if you want a copy of this, write down your email on a piece of paper or something and hand it to me. Get it to me after church. Just put your email. And you can say, well, Pastor Tim, you got mine. Look, it's Sunday. When I get through preaching about 30 minutes after I come down off the spiritual high, I won't even look at you and remember your name, okay? I won't even be able to look at my wife and hardly remember her name. If you haven't been there, you don't know what I'm talking about. So go ahead and write it down for me, okay? I'm a dry ground root. I'm a dry ground root. I'm a dry ground root. I want the anointing. I'm not into the talent thing. I'm not into the performance thing. I'm not into putting on a show. See, here's the thing, folks. I'm not into that doctrinal stuff where men try to put God in a box either. Because I'm going to tell you what, the God that I find out about in this book, you can't put him in a box. And as soon as you think you got him in a box and say this is what he's going to do, he'll do something just totally contrary to prove you wrong and to show you he is the sovereign God. Can I get a witness on that? See, folks, here's the thing. This talent thing, this, this is putting on the show and the performance going on in the most American churches today, I'm not drinking from that Kool-Aid bucket. And, and this ministry is not going to drink from that Kool-Aid bucket. Can I get a witness here? Mm, somebody said we're not drinking from that. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. See, 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 here's the thing. We have had these dry ground roots. We've had encounters with the ever-present, ever speak, ever speaking, and ever-moving Holy Spirit, and he is too real to us for us to settle for anything counterfeit. Many modern prognosticators repeatedly declare nothing of God can survive in this culture's climate. But can I tell you right now, folks, can I tell you today, God in his providence is working in this dry ground. I'm gonna rewind and say that again. But God in his providence is working in this dry ground. There is a root of a remnant that is not only present and surviving, but is thriving in this hard, dry ground. These dry ground roots, you better hear me, they are not thermometers to gauge the climate of the culture. They are thermostats. We are here to change the climate of the culture. 
Between Malachi, the final book of the Old Testament, and Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, there is a span of 400 years. In that span of 400 years, nobody heard from God, nobody's seen God do anything. Get this now, 400 years of silence from God. 400 years of not hearing the voice of God. 400 years of not seeing God do any miracles. And then after 400 years of this supernatural drought, the spiritual climate of the day was beyond dry. But it was in that atmosphere where God sent his son to be born. Come on, somebody. The root shooting out of dry ground. Warren Wiersbe said this about when Jesus was born. He said Israel was not a paradise when Jesus was born. Politically and spiritually, it was a wilderness of dry ground. How many of y'all would agree that's where America is right now? Look at somebody and tell them this is a wilderness of dry ground. At this very moment, the spiritual soil of this land is as dry as a powder keg. People are bowing. Mm, I got to do it. People are bowing before donkeys and elephants, putting their hope and trust, their future, in political figures and political systems. They longingly look for their day of redemption in 2024. But God declares he is about to bring shepherds, leaders, roots out of dry ground. And they're coming from the backside of nowhere. They're going to be unknowns, unheard of by men or media outlets, but very well known and greatly heard of in the throne room of God. They're gonna come on the scene like John the Baptist. In fact, when I just mentioned Malachi, some of the last words of Malachi says in the great and terrible day of the Lord, God's gonna send Elijah who is gonna come and, and, and he's gonna turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. But it also says about the, the mantle or the anointing, the spirit of Elijah when the angel of the Lord is talking to John the Baptist's father, this is what he said in Luke 1.17. He will also go before him. That is John, the baby you're about to birth, is going to go before the Christ in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Look at somebody and say, we need that fresh anointing right there. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen, listen. He said he's gonna go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I didn't realize this until earlier this morning. Today is the first day of Advent. If that means nothing to you, let me tell you about Advent. Advent is when you celebrate the hope of the coming of the Lord. We celebrate Advent going into the Christmas season because in the days when Christ was born, people were hoping for the Messiah. And here we are today. He came, he died on a cross, and three days later, he rose again. But can I tell you, when he was going back into heaven, he said, I'm going to prepare a place
place for you and if I go, I will come again. Can I tell you today, if nobody's told you yet or nobody's told you in a while, he is coming again. When it came, to, oh my God, my God, my God. When he came the first time as the Lamb of God, he had one man, John the Baptist, go before him preaching and preparing the way. He was preaching, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. But can I tell you today that when he comes back the second time, he's not coming as a lamb, he's coming for the world as a lion. And he's not gonna have one John. He's not gonna have one root. He's gonna have a bunch of people who is preparing Preparing the way. Are you one of those? Are you one of those because he's calling you? Are you one of those because he wants to give you a fresh anointing? Are you one of those because he wants you to break out of the cycle of defeat? He wants you to break out of the cycle of generational curses. He wants you out of it. He wants you out of this world's bondages. Can I give you just a little bit more? We got through one page. These roots, these dry roots, these roots coming out of dry ground, they are pure, organic Christians. They don't want that halfway sold out stuff. They've gone beyond, oh, I said a little prayer 20 years ago in church, and I went to church five times since, but because of that little prayer and my name's on the church row, I'm saved. This group ain't playing that game. I said that game. And if that's all you've done, you think that's all there is, you've been lied to. I'm going to tell you what the whole gospel is. Let me tell you what the whole truth is. The whole truth is this. Jesus said, if you want to come, follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. He didn't say come and have your best life now. He said if you want to live, you got to die. If you want to reign, you got to serve. That's not popular stuff. But I'm going to tell you what, that's in the book. And Jesus lived that. He modeled that. And I'm going to tell you right now, folks, today, if you aren't willing to die, if you're not willing to have your head removed from your body by holding on to your confirmation of faith, you haven't got real with God yet. raise the standard because God's raising an army because there's a war ahead of us. It's a spiritual battle and we are going to prepare the way of the Lord. I'm going to tell you he's coming back and when he comes back oh my God, my God, my God when he comes back you better read the Bible y'all in the book of Zechariah is coming back on a white horse and y'all remember y'all remember the man of olives on the night he was arrested he prayed and he cried to the father if there be any other way let this cup pass from me but if not my will but your will be done y'all remember that y'all remember he prayed so hard the Bible said that his sweat was coming out and it was like great drops of blood were oozing out because he was under that pressure on the Mount of Olives well let me tell you something Zechariah prophesied that when he comes back he's coming back on a white horse and he's going to set foot on the Mount of Olives again and when he does that mountain that he cried on the last time is going to break in two literally the mountain is going to split and fall apart and a river of living water is coming out of it. Come on, somebody. He's making living water already. He said it out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. That's why I can live in a dry ground as a root because I'm not dependent. 
on anything from this earth. All right, I'm halfway down page two. I'm gonna finish page two right here. Two more paragraphs. These roots, they're nobodies. Way in the backside of nowhere. Who've been pressing into God. He has been making great deposits of anointing and fresh revelation into them. So every time you press into God and you pray and you get in the word and the devil starts talking to you, nobody sees you. Nobody knows you. People of that church don't even like you. You need to tell him this. Shut it up. They won't let you this. They won't let you that. Wait your time. Trust the process. Let God make those deposits in you. And in his timing, can't nobody hold you back. These roots, they are not strangers to his voice. In faith, they worship and they worship hard. They praise and they praise hard. They dance, they clap, they sing like they don't care who's watching. They do not succumb to peer pressure because they have hold of something that is greater than this world can offer. They are free from the yokes and burdens of perversions, lusts, addictions, but they are bound by something. They are bound by a passion to the Christ, the resurrected Lord. They can't shake it. They don't want to shake it. If anything, they want more of it. They want more of his presence. They want to hear more of his voice. They want to feel more of his heartbeat. They yearn to see him replicate in others what he's done in them. They have no shame. They've abandoned everything. They are roots springing out of dry ground. They live on purpose. They can't be compromised, suppressed, or oppressed. They'll walk in a defined freedom. They can't come down from this spiritual high. They will not come down. They are as resolute as Nehemiah was when he told his tempters, I cannot, I will not come down off this wall. They are sold out. They're like dead men. They're walking. <clears throat> These devils, the devils that, that are coming against so many today, they can't oppress, suppress, digress, or depress these roots. These roots are oozing God. I'm going to say that again. These roots are oozing God. They are intentional in everything they do. They have a past but it won't hinder them because they understand when they encountered redemption, everything behind them was cut off and now they are brand spanking new. They have nothing to lose and everything to gain. They shouldn't even be here. They are an anomaly 
and an aberration. An anomaly is a deviation from the common type. An aberration is an act departing from the right. See, for this thing to grow in that atmosphere doesn't fit. Somebody say it doesn't fit. In fact, hold on, just let me read this one thing because there's something in here the Lord said about it not fitting. Let me find it, let me find it. They don't fit, they won't fit, they never have fit, and they do not want to fit. Truth be told, they can't fit. The nonconformist strain of spiritual DNA inside their soul causes them to shiver with disgust when they look at dead, dry, dormant, decaying elements of man-made religiosity. You can't fit in something God doesn't want you in. Hallelujah. Praise team, come on up here. How many of y'all would like to say with me today, how many of y'all, just honest to goodness, how many of y'all can say, Pastor Tim, I want to be one of those roots and dry ground. I want God to use me. I want God to use me. I want God to use me to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. Then remember, we got to have the anointing to do this, y'all. Somebody say that, we got to have the anointing. You cannot have the anointing apart from the Holy Spirit. So we sang this song earlier today in worship. Rest on us. Come rest on us. So we're going to do that again, y'all. So here's my thing. If you got to go, I bless you in Jesus' name. But if you're in here and you can say, Pastor Tim, I agree with everything you said. I know I said a lot. Uh, Pastor Tim, I know you said a lot, and I probably grasped about that much of it. But what I was able to get my mind around, I agreed with what you said. But I definitely want to be a change agent. And I definitely want to be one of those dry ground roots. I want to help make the way for Jesus' return. I want to see these strongholds in people's lives and homes and regions and families. I want to see these things ripped down. I want to be a part of a revolution and a reformation. If that's the case, I want you to make your way up around this altar. And as we sing this song, I just want you, you and the Holy Spirit to say this. Come rest on us. While you're coming up here, if you're spirit-filled, just begin to pray in the spirit, would you? If you're not spirit-filled, ask him right now. Lord, fill me. Yeah. Come rest on us, Holy Spirit. Come on, make it your prayer right now. Make it your prayer right now. Yeah, yeah. I want your anointing. I'm hungry and thirsty for your anointing. Rest on us, come rest on us 
Come on, your own way right now. Lift your voice. Come on. Fresh wind blowing your lungs today. We're hungry. We want it. We want it. You're all we want. Come down. Come down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart down. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will fill me. Come down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart you fill the room. You're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will feel me. Father, we ask you today around this altar of God. We don't want to go through a man-made motion. We're hungry. This is pure. This is authentic. This is genuine. We hunger for fresh fire, fresh anointing, fresh wind, fresh breath of God. 
We want everything fresh. We want you. We want you. God, right now, I just pray you to breathe on every person around this altar today. Breathe, breath of God. You are a root in dry ground. The dry ground does not determine what you will be or what you will become or what you can do. It is your creator who calls you, not the ground. Right now, I just pray, anybody in here that's been struggling with bitterness or unforgiveness or the enemy's just been making you, I know we've been around family and stuff a lot the last few days, but I just felt the Holy Spirit check me that if some of you, if some of you just been dealing with anger, bitterness, some of you have just been dealing with, your fuse has been extra short. Listen now, that might not just, that might be something spiritual going on there right now. I just pray you to leave that thing at the altar right now. Because if you're going to do the work of the Lord, you can't have a short fuse. Your fuse is dead. Your fuse has been poured out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit. We're right here, Lord. Do your surgery in our hearts and minds right now. If you're in this room or you're watching this online, and maybe you can say, Pastor Tim, you know what? I've been coming to church for years, but today I just feel a sting. I feel a sting in my heart. Something's been missing. That sting, my friend, is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And he's calling you to move past the church game and to live a true Christian life. So right wherever you are, in this room, online, riding down the road, out of your own mouth right now, just tell him, Lord, I I surrender everything. I give it all. I give it all, God. I can't fix me. I can't do this. I surrender everything that I am and all that I have. I give it to you. My family, my spouse, my job, my money, my home, my hobbies, I give it all. Do what you want, God. Hallelujah.
something. I'm going to dare you to do something. I just felt checked of the Holy Spirit. I dare you right now to close your eyes and ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, let me see me through your eyes. I dare you to do that right now. Holy Spirit, I just ask you right now to remove every scale of every spiritual eye right now. And I ask you to show people the great intensity and immensity of stuff, of anointing, of grace, of callings that you have in them right now. See the giant. See the giant. The devil's been trying to scare you with giants. What he doesn't realize, what he's been trying to keep from you is you are the giant. You are the anointed one that God is using in your family, in your neighborhood, in your school. You're the giant. You don't fear the giant. That mouse fears you. Imra sopra ki kandodo manante sata hora sata ikondolo boshe. See yourself. See yourself through his eyes. Hallelujah. Hora basike hundala bashatara rabaseya. You might see yourself like a shepherd boy today, like David was, but God sees a king. He doesn't see you where you are. He sees you where he wants to take you. And the devil's doing everything he can to derail you in that journey. But I rebuke every tactic. I rebuke every lie. I rebuke every temptation. I rebuke every fear. In the name of the Lord God Almighty, by the name of Jesus Christ, I call that to the ground null and void. Fear not, fear not, fear not. Greater is he who is in you than he 
that is in the world. Hallelujah! 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 Does anybody else besides me just feel like the Holy Ghost is doing some surgery in here right now? Oh, oh, yes, Lord. On our heart, on our mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. I am a root springing up out of dry ground. The anointing of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Hallelujah. 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 Fresh oil anointing. Fresh wind from heaven filling our soul. Courage. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you right now, church, you have seen nothing yet. You've seen nothing yet. What you've experienced by the Spirit of God. I'm going to tell you right now, you haven't seen anything yet, not compared to what's about to be released. Tasha hadn't even scratched the surface yet. Hadn't even scratched the surface yet. Yeah, yeah. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Sanctify us fresh, God. As we sanctify ourselves fresh to you. As we set ourselves apart. Let this be a holy convocation today. A reminder. We guard our eye gates. We guard our ear gates. We guard what we let in our hearts. Nothing. We don't want anything that is displeasing to you. We repent, we cast it off, we shrug it off, and we kick it aside because I'm going to live a life as a sanctified, anointed man of God. Let me read you the final final thing in this treatise from the Lord. And, and it's not a whole paragraph. In fact, uh, it's, written in, it's written in big. 
Sorry, see the rest of it's written small, but this is in big. Are you ready? I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to read it again. I want you to repeat it after me if you mean business up here today with Jesus Christ. But I want you to read it. I want you to hear it. Let it sink down into your heart. Let me get my glasses on. Bifocals are rough, man. I am. I am a dry ground root. I am blood bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am born again by my Father in heaven. I am, hold on now, because here's where we're about, to, we're about to make a little chasm here in most Christianity stuff. I am dead to self and fully alive in Christ. I am radically saved and radically living. I am a child of God. If you can make that confession not just with your tongue or your lips or your mouth or your vocal cords, but if it comes from deep inside your soul, I want you to repeat after me. I am a dry ground root. I am blood bought. I am born again. I am dead to self. I am fully alive in Christ. I am radically saved. And I am radically living. I am a child of God. Give him a praise today, would you? the spirit of the Lord speaking that there are those around this altar and in this house today who say but you don't know how dry I am you don't know where I've been and what I've done but the word says at the very scent of rain the dry root can begin to grow again and I have sent more than a scent of rain in this house today I've sent a deluge of my water the floodgates are opening up. The dam will no longer be present. I'm removing the dam, and the waters will begin to flow as floods, as floods. And so you are not beyond my reach. You are not beyond my reach. You, you may feel totally dry and totally out of it, but just take a deep breath. There's the scent of rain in the house. The floodgates are flowing and you can live again. You can be fully alive unto God again. You can fulfill your purpose in the earth. It is not too late, says the Lord God Almighty. Can we just lift our hands and give him praise for that encouragement today? We say thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And if you're the one here today feeling like it's too late, I just want you to just throw up your hands right now as we decree and declare it's not too late. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus can cover anything and is covering anything. The blood of Jesus paid for this gift that is yours today. So we say thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We give you all the glory and all the honor for it. Come on, take a deep breath. The scent of rain is in the house. Dry roots are coming alive in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Wow. How many of y'all are glad that God set an appointment for us today? How many of you are glad God set an appointment for you today? Amen. 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 If you want this that the Lord gave me, in uh, it's a little over six pages typed. If you want this, Again, write your email. Don't walk by and say, oh, I want it past Tim because as soon as you're out of that door, I'm going to forget. All right? I promise you. Ask my wife. But if you write your name down on a little piece of paper or text me or Facebook message me or something with your email address to be sure I got the correct address, I will get it to you. I believe it's that important. That's four days I sat with the Lord for hours. One, one instance in my journal, it's 3.48 a.m. because I wrote in my journal, I can't hardly hold my eyes open any longer. Like, Lord, we need time out. You, you don't get tired. This thing here wears out. But I believe what the Lord gave me will strengthen you and encourage you. Because I'm going to be a part of this to welcome him back and prepare the way. Amen. <clears throat> Let me bless you today. The Lord bless you. And the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom, his peace, his welfare, his faring well, and his tranquility. May he release his goodness over you and over your family. May your seed experience your overflow. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. And everybody said? Amen. If you, uh, if, if, if you, whenever you get those uh, emails, addresses, if you want to copy this, just put them on the altar up here. Senior Saints Luncheon. We will be meeting in the fellowship hall. The rest of you, God bless you. We love you. Don't forget, we're going to be doing, okay, four to seven o'clock at Restoring Hope. If you could come help over there.